So you're watching the game. It's tight. You believe with all of your heart that your team just got pass interference on them and there was no call and you think there was pass interference. You're certain of it. And then on the screen comes this replay and you're honest enough with yourself after watching the replay to go, maybe it wasn't. There's something about seeing a reflection or replaying of what just happened as opposed to how we many times view things in the heat of the moment with our bias and our wants and our expectations. Have you ever watched a video of yourself? Huh? It's telling, isn't it? You're like, man, I don't look like that. I don't act like that. I don't sound like that. My dance moves aren't that bad, right? But there it is, evidence, a reflection of what you really look like, sound like. Like, Man, I thought I had moves. I, I I, I thought I had rhythm. Sometimes we think we are in rhythm and we're not. And I don't say that this morning to make you feel bad about how you look on a video or in a picture But for us to kind of come face to face with ourselves this morning and really ask, am I in rhythm? Ultimately, am I in rhythm with Jesus? Because that's what we want. We want to be in rhythm with Jesus. As believers, we want to be in rhythm with Jesus. We want to act like Jesus. We want to sound like Jesus. We want to live like Jesus. We want to be, again, in rhythm with Jesus. So last week we gave you this big idea, and it's going to kind of flow through all of these weeks that we're together over four weeks in rhythm. And it's this big idea that you have to know Jesus to be in rhythm with Jesus. And I want to suggest to you that maybe, just maybe, you have met Jesus, and that is awesome. And if you haven't met Jesus, we want you to meet Jesus. We want to introduce him to you. We want you to make sure that you know who he is, that he's the Son of God who came here for you to die for your sins and to come back from the dead so that you could be forgiven and so that you could have hope. Maybe you've met him or you need to meet him, but maybe you've just met him and you don't really know him. Because to be in rhythm with him, you're going to have to get to know him. You're going to have to know how he's stepping and when he's stepping because it's to his rhythm, it's to his beat, if you will, that we are to be walking and we're to be going forth in this life. So again, we have to know Jesus to be in rhythm with Jesus. Well, how do we know how do we know Jesus? Okay, that's a good question. How do we know Jesus? And here's the next question. How do we know that we know Jesus? Well, hopefully this morning as we read scripture together and we spend some time together, we're going to see some answers about that. And as we're talking about knowing Jesus, I want to give you the big idea of today that I want you to get and I want you to grasp, and that is this. Get in the word of God to get a word from God. So as we're talking about getting in rhythm with Jesus, At the same time, we want to help you get into some rhythms that Jesus wants you to get in so that you can better get in rhythm with Jesus. And one of those things that you and I need to have a rhythm of is being in the Word of God and getting in the Word of God to get a word from God. So why is a question. Why do we read the Bible? Why do we we get in the Word? And maybe you've thought about that sometimes, or maybe you just kind of subconsciously go about uh, reading the Word of God. But the question of why, okay? Why? Do, Do you read the Bible to get what you want, or do you read the Bible to get what God has for you and what He wants for you? 
I would suggest to you that a lot of times, if we're not careful, we as believers are potentially opening God's Word because we're supposed to, and you should, but we're maybe just maybe reading it to hear what we want to hear and to get what we want to get. To maybe hear something from God that will help us get to where we want to get and where we want to land rather than where God wants us to land. And if you are reading God's Word to get what you want, if you are reading God's Word to hear what you want to hear, you are going to find yourself constantly being disillusioned and discouraged and totally disappointed. Because God didn't write the Word of God for you to have the Word of God for you to get your way and to get your plan accomplished. He wrote the Word of God for you to get the Word of God so that you could get His plan and get His way accomplished. So again, why are you reading it? If you're reading it to say, God, what do you got to say to me? What do you have for me? What do you want to speak to me? You're going to find yourself, rather than being disappointed and disillusioned and discouraged, you're going to find yourself being called and being challenged and ultimately being changed, which is what God wants for all of us, and he's the creator of us, and he knows what is best. So if it's uh, to get what we want, we're totally missing it. We've got to get in the word of God to get a word from God. So as you're reading... Maybe you're approaching things with this general idea of should I or shouldn't I? In other words, you're reading the Bible and you're trying to figure out should I or shouldn't I? Sometimes this is a right or wrong issue. If I go this way, will it be right? And if I go that way, will it be wrong? What is right and what is wrong? I want to bring up a scripture that we read last week. It's so important. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. All scripture, meaning the Bible, the word of God... All Scripture is inspired by God, meaning God breathed it, God spoke it. It's written down for us, and it's from God. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us, me, you, what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And maybe, maybe, you don't want to get in the Word of God because you realize he's going to point out some things that you really don't want to see, you really don't want to deal with, you really don't want to change. Like we read in James earlier in the worship time, it's a mirror, right? Like we see ourselves, and we're deciding in that moment, am I just going to see myself and how disheveled that I am in life, and am I just going to walk away and go on my way and do my thing my way, or am I going to stay here and allow the Spirit of God to do in me what he wants to do and to make me who he wants to be. You've got to remember that God wants to help you do life his way for his honor and for his glory, and that's called really living, and he's got this plan for you. So sometimes we read, it's like, is this right or is this wrong? And that's where some of you are right now. You're trying to make some decisions, and it's a right or wrong decision, and the word of God's going to help you. The next thing that we maybe read it for is to determine whether we need to go left or right. In other words, it's not a right or wrong thing, but should I or shouldn't I do this? Again, not a moral issue necessarily, but just like, should I or shouldn't I? For instance, let's just say you have a job, and you're blessed with that job, and you have this certain responsibility and this certain paycheck. This door seemingly opens for another job, right? And over here, you've got this different responsibility on this different level and this different pay scale. Should I or shouldn't I? Should I go left or should I go right? Should I stay or should I go? What should I do? Maybe you're posing the question, should I marry this person or should I marry that person? That's for the single people in the room, by the way. If you're married, decision's already been made. 
Answer is yes. Hang in there. Stick it out. God's grace. Stay on course. But left or right, right? Like sometimes we don't know what to do. Like what's the will of God? What's the plan of God for my life? Look at Romans chapter 12 and verse number 2. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 2. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Um, There are a lot of voices that you have in your life. Some of those voices you're related to. Some of those voices are your friends. Some of those voices are your coworkers. Some of those voices are our culture and our media influence that we allow into our lives. That you either hit a button or swipe, uh, swipe across on a screen to get into your life. You have a lot of voices coming your way. They are the behaviors and the customs, the way the world does things, right? Like, here's what you ought to do. Here's what you ought to do. You ought to go left here, and you ought to go right there. And all these different opinions, all these different ways of doing things. But at the end of the day, we're believers, we're followers of Jesus, and we want to know what Jesus wants us to do. So it says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. You've got to filter out a lot of voices, And by the way, can I encourage you, there are a lot of voices you have in your life right now that with the click of a button, you can totally delete from your life, that you potentially need to delete. And it goes on to say, don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world, but let God transform you, change you into a new person, the person that he wants you to be, by changing the way that you think. So we've got, we talked about this a lot last week. We just kind of think certain ways based on where we grew up and how we grew up and who we grew up with. And there we are thinking these ways. And he says, I want to change that to look more like Jesus. And he says, I'm going to do that up here. And as he does that, he says, then you will learn to know what God's will is for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. If you're going to know whether you should go to the left or go to the right, You're going to have to spend time with Jesus. You're going to have to get to know him. He's going to have to change your way of thinking. The primary way that Jesus goes about changing my thinking and changing your thinking is when we allow ourselves to be exposed to the word of God. It will begin to transform your mind and it will transform your life as you're going through the word of God. Another thing that we're all looking for when we read the Word of God is hope, right? Like, I want hope, I need hope, you want hope, you need hope, everybody needs hope. So no matter what you've done, no matter what season of life you're in right now, you need some hope. Look at what Psalm 119, verse 114 says. It says, you are my refuge and my shield, speaking to God. Your Word, the Bible, your Word is my source of what? Hope. You ever been in a moment in life and, again, maybe you've blown it really, really bad and you're wondering which way to go and how to move forward and if you can move forward. Or maybe just you're in a season where everything's just kind of out of control and you're just desperate for a word of hope. And you need somebody to come along who's for you. Somebody who's a voice of real reason. Someone who's a voice that can encourage you. And the word of God is that source of hope. Look at Psalm 119, verse 103. It says, how sweet your words taste to me. So there's just a sweetness to the word of God. They are sweeter than honey. So I love it when God just kind of does things around you and you're not really expecting it, not necessarily uh, planning for it. And so I've been planning for a few weeks now to speak on getting in the word today. And um, the people that spoke to me over the last few weeks, I had no idea this is where we were going to land today. 
And I had kind of person after person come up to me over the last few weeks and tell me about their experience in the Word of God lately. And it's just so cool and so encouraging. These stories come from among uh, people that are sitting in our church. Um, and I just love it when people just tell you about the hope that they've experienced, the sweetness of the moment of being in the Word of God. So listen for the hope and listen for the sweetness in these stories. Uh, one guy came in, and uh, he told me that he used to read the Democrat Democrat. Gazette every single morning, all right? Maybe for you that looks more like, you know, uh, an app or maybe it looks like Facebook, but for him, his morning routine was to read the paper. I'm not a, I'm not a big news guy. I don't read the paper. I don't even read a news app unless something big's going on. I don't watch the news. Some of you are thinking I'm a sinner right now, right? Like you got to watch the news. When's the last time you watched the news and you thought, man, our world's just doing great right now. Man, I'm just so glad to be alive. I'm just so encouraged. Right? Like, no, like those things are normally negative things or bad things that are happening in life. Anyway, he said, I used to start my day off with the Democrat Gazette. And he said, but you know what? I've just like replaced it lately with the Word of God. And I just have set the paper aside. I've set the app aside, if you will. And I'm just in the Word of God now. And you can just hear the sweetness of the taste on his tongue of the Word of God. We got another guy in our church who just recently retired and somebody gave him like a reader's Bible to help him read through the Word of God with a lot of uh, commentary and stuff. And you talk to him, and like all he wants to talk about now is the Word of God. It's just what he's in, like he's in the Word of God. There's a lady that came by this week. Um, she left her Bible here by accident last Sunday, and she came by the office to find it. And uh, just so you know, there are a few more Bibles stacked up back there, been back there a while, just saying. Don't know how that lands for you, maybe. You don't even know you're missing it. <laughs> anyway, she knew, her, she knew her, hers was missing, so she came by on Tuesday, and here's what she said. She said, man, I realized I left it here, so I wanted to come by and get it. So she came by and got it, and we gave it to her. It was cool. And then she went on to tell me that she really needed her Bible. She said, I've ordered a new Bible, and I'm going to get it on Thursday, and I'm excited about my new Bible, but I couldn't make it till Thursday without my Bible. Do you hear the sweetness in that? Do you hear the desire in that just to be a part of the Word of God? I want to put a picture on the screen for you. Um, There's a lady that was a member of our church for many years, Miss Annie Mae Bloom. She's with Jesus now. Um, but this is a picture from the leaf of her Bible, and she lived a lot of years. And I don't know if you can see and read this cool old handwriting here, but uh, ultimately below where it says the end of the New Testament, it, her handwriting says, read through the Bible. And then she's got these dates of how many times that she had read through the Bible. Now, Miss Annie Mae Bloom was just one of those ladies that just like, looked and sounded a lot like Jesus. And it's not because she was a good person. She was, but it was bigger than that. It was deeper than that. The Word of God transformed her. She was in the Word of God, and it oozed out of her, and it's who she was. we got another lady within our church that's leading a Bible study. And I don't forget, she was telling me about this and just uh, at kind of the beginning of the school year, just so excited, leading a Bible study in a school that she's at, a really difficult place to lead and to teach. And she was just so stoked because every teacher in that school that she's a part of, every single one of them, she was able to invite and them come and be a part of her Bible study. And it's what's keeping her going. And it is what's transforming the school in which she is leading and teaching in. And she's just over the top about it. It's what's keeping her going literally in teaching. Um, we have another guy that uh, recently went through our disciples' path here at Holland Chapel. 
And um, he shared with some of us that, man, like it just rekindled the fire in him to be in the Word of God. Like he'd kind of just kind of lost that a little bit and just hadn't been in it very much. And that just got him going again. And it's just incredible because that happened in a season where he really needed some hope. Uh, he and his family, they were struggling with infertility. And he just got in the Word, and the Word of God provided hope to him. The Word of God brings hope. And you right now, in some area of your life, some of you, it's glaring, it's obvious, it's huge, you were overwhelmed, and you need hope. And I'm just telling you, I don't know what you've done, I don't know how bad you've blown it, I don't know how bad your season is right now, the Word of God is hope for you. You can have hope in Jesus, and Jesus is the one that the Bible constantly points to. So speaking of the Bible, let's get in it. 1 John chapter 2, and I want us to spend just a few minutes here reading 1 John chapter 2. We're going to begin in verse number 3, and verse number 3 is going to be on the screen. If you have a copy of God's Word open, you can glance back to verse number 1 and verse number 2. Uh, because verse number 1 tells us that Jesus is our advocate and ultimately, verse number two tells us that Jesus is our atonement. So you probably know what those words mean, but let me just make sure you know what those words mean. The word atonement means that Jesus is ultimately the one who pays for our sins. I don't know about you, but I got a lot of them. Am I the only one? Just me? All right. I got a lot of them. The Word of God tells me that He's my atonement, that He paid for all of my sins. Does that not give you some hope? Does that not provide some encouragement for you? Does that not like stir up your soul just a little bit to know that no matter how many bad things I've done, that Jesus died for my sins? He's my atonement. It also says that He's our advocate. In other words, he's the one that speaks up for us all the time. There is no one that is more for you than Jesus. No one. Not even your mama can top how for Jesus is for you. He is your biggest fan. Did everything necessary for you to be made right with God through atonement. And now as your advocate is constantly going to the Father on your behalf saying, I love that one, I died for that one, pay attention to that one, don't forget that one, that one's ours. He's your advocate. So when you read the Word of God, you've got to know that you're reading from someone who has written to you who is so for you. Some of you are afraid to open the Bible because it's going to show you where you've been wrong. Listen, I'm here to tell you, ultimately you've got to know that even when God shows you that you're wrong through His Word, He is for you. He's pointing out the wrong in your life because he knows it's going to bring destruction and pain and death. He's like, that's not what I want for you. I've got something better for you. So he's your advocate. He is your atonement. Verse number three. And we can be sure, we can be sure that we know him. Know who? Jesus. If we obey his commandments. So how do I know that I know him? I know him, and I prove that I know him, and I can be sure that I know him when I do what he says. Now, when we say the word commandments. I don't know what comes to your mind. If it's like, you know, the big ten, you know, shalt not kill and shalt not steal and those things. Definitely huge and important, and we ought to be aware of those things. But listen to me. Jesus, okay, Jesus said the greatest commandment is this, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, 
with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. He like says, listen, if there's one that's above the rest, this is them. This is the one. Everything flows through this and out of this, loving God with everything you got. And then he says, the second commandment, the number two commandment, is like unto it, to love your neighbor as yourself. So am I loving God with everything I've got? And am I loving my neighbor the way I love myself? This is how we can kind of look at ourselves and say, do I know him and do I know that I know him? Am I loving him and am I loving others? I don't know about you, i got a lot of work to do. And he's saying, I want to show you this is really where I want to work on you. It's how you love and how you treat me and how you love and how you treat others. Verse number four. If someone claims I know God but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and not living in the truth. Verse 5. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. That's how we know we are in rhythm with him. That's how we know we are beginning to look like Jesus. Verse 6. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. We could word it this way. Those who say they are in rhythm with God should live their lives in rhythm with Jesus. So if I'm going to say I know God, then I'm living like Jesus. If I say I'm in rhythm with God, I'm going to be in rhythm with Jesus. So I've got to constantly be focused on what Jesus is doing. How do I do that? I've got to get in the Word. Jesus, what do you do? How do you do it? What's the next step? What do you look like? What do you sound like? How do you act? How do you respond? How do you treat other people? The way to find that out is by getting in the Word. Again, we've got to get in the Word to get a word from God. Got to get in the Word to get a word from God. Now, I'm going to pause and say, probably most of you in the room, if you're a believer, you're like, mm, yeah, need to do that. Mm. Some of you are like, I'd like to do that, but I tried it before. It just didn't go so well. Or maybe you're just flat out so intimidated by it that you just like, man, I'll come on Sundays. I open it. I appreciate the help. You kind of talk in a way that I can understand it. I really appreciate that. But when I open it up, otherwise, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. And so you just kind of give up. Or maybe you started a reading plan, and about day four, you know, uh, you got distracted by whatever, and you missed a day, and then you missed another day, and you felt like a loser, and you didn't go back to it. So, boom, you just quit. Listen to me. We've got to get in the Word to get a word from God. So I want to give you some practical things. I want to give you some practical things that I pray that you will use. You will have bumps in the road. You will have pauses in action, if you will, where you got too busy or you got too distracted or you got too discouraged, but you got to get back in it. And for some of you this morning, it's we got to get back in the Word. For some of you, you got to get in the Word for the very first time to really get a word from God. So I want to give you five things to help you get a grip on the Word of God, okay? If you're going to get in the Word of God, some of you need to get a grip, right? Like, get a grip, man. Like, how do we get a grip on the Word, okay? How do we get a grip on the Word? So I want to give you five things that ultimately can come together for you to get a grip, okay? Number one, read it. Read it. Wow, that's like profound, right? You've got to read it. We want you to get in the Word of God. There's some exciting stuff in Scripture, Exciting stuff, some crazy stuff in Scripture, some amazing stuff, some miraculous stuff, and some helpful stuff. Did you know that in Scripture a donkey talks? 
Did you know that the sun stood still for a day? Crazy stuff that's in there. Did you know that the Bible talks about everyday stuff like marriage and parenting? Anybody married? Anybody have kids like me? I need some help up in here. Are you with me? The Bible talks about it a lot. It speaks into it. It also speaks into money. And you're like, oh, I got that one under control. Do you really? The Bible talks about these practical things that we deal with every single day in our lives, and we need them. Did you know that God becomes a man? Read it. That's the story. Did you know that he dies on a cross and he comes back from the dead? That's the story in Scripture. It's just absolutely incredible. So you've got a lot of access to God's Word. If you wanted to this morning, you picked up a copy of it and you brought it with you. If you don't have a copy of God's Word and you need a copy of God's Word, there are Bibles in the seat underneath in front of you. They're black. You can take one with you. You can take it. It's our gift to you. Have the Word of God. Most every single person in the room has some form of a screen it's like this, a phone or whatever. You have access to the Word of God, but you've got to get in the Word of God. A lot of people ask me this question. Okay, I'm going to read the Word of God. What translation should I use? You ready? Probably based on this crowd. I'm going to say English. <laughs> Some people are like, well, what about the bad translations? Let me tell you what the worst translation is. It's the one that's sitting on your shelf that you don't have open. Like, it's got to get open. It's got to get open. Um, I read uh, here on Sunday mornings most of the time from the New Living Translation. A lot of people are like, why do you use the New Living Translation? It's because it's the one I read every day. And I want people to be in the Word of God. There's a lot of other great translations that are out there. I'm not going to get caught up and, and spending a ton of time talking about those things. But you need one that you can read and that you can understand and that you can go with. Okay? If you need more help in that, we'd be glad to give you more help in that. But we want you to get in the Word of God. And then a lot of people are like, where do I start? Had somebody came out last week. And they said, hey, I didn't know you were going to be standing here. <laughs> it's like, I normally am. Anyway, and they said, I got a question for you. It was already on their mind. Again, they didn't know this is where we're going this week. But they said, I I'm really not in the Bible. I need to be in the Bible. And this is, a person, this is a person that grew up in church. This is a person that you would think would just know and you don't know where to start. Let me tell you where not to start, okay? Don't start in the book of Leviticus. <laughs> oh, you've checked that out, have you? you you've been peeking, haven't you? You're like, I looked at that one. Listen, that's a tough one. I'm just telling you, it's a tough one. It's in there. It needs to be in there. But, like, don't, don't, if you haven't read the Bible before, don't start in Leviticus. Second worst place to start, my opinion, the book of Revelation. Okay? Let me go ahead and give you the big idea of Revelation, though, so it'll help you. We, Jesus followers, Jesus, we win. Okay? Yeah, you can celebrate that. That's the ultimate story of Revelation. But let me tell you where you need to start. Okay, let me tell you where you start. The Gospel of John. The gospel, if you've never like really just spent time in the word of God, and some of you, like you've, you, you, this, is, this, is, this is going backwards for you, but some of this is a huge leap forward to know where to go, okay? Just get in the gospel of John. The gospel of John is going to very simply and consistently teach you Jesus over and over again. It's going to show you the story of Jesus, so the gospel of John. I want to give you a couple of apps that you can find on your friendly devices that you can use for good, okay? Uh, our Holland Chapel app, by the way, has recently been updated for anybody that's been having challenges or difficulties. Go on there and get that up, up, updated, and everything's going to work great, um, including all the messages that we're speaking on here. Um, and so let me give you a couple apps, though. You can find them there, and you can find them on Google or Apple or whatever. But one is YouVersion. 
You may be f- familiar with this one, but some of you are not. Uversion is an incredible app that provides to you many, many translations of the Bible for free. Okay? I would love for you to take advantage of that one. It's a great, great tool to help you start reading the Bible. So maybe you're like, well, I'd like to have an easier translation to read, but I don't know if I want to go out and buy one. Well, you don't even have to go out and buy one. You can download Uversion, and you can get that very, very easily, and it can help you with reading plans and getting in the Scripture. Another one that our team has recommended, I haven't used it very much personally, but they're raving about it, so I'm going to tell you about it because I trust our team. And it's this uh, app called Read Scripture. Okay, Read Scripture. Um, A couple things that I'm liking about it as I'm learning about it and they love about it is that it gives you reading plans. And if you miss a day, like let's just say, what is it, October the 13th, right? Let's just say that, you know, you were supposed to read whatever today. You get up tomorrow and there's not like this big glaring like you're a moron. You didn't read on October 13th. You're a loser, right? It just picks you up and says, let's get going again today. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if you miss a day, you don't have to beat yourself up. You just get back in it. The other thing is it gives videos that kind of introduce the passage that you're about to read. And so it's really, really helpful. And it's called Read Scripture. And we want to recommend those two to you, okay, version and read scripture. So we've got to read it. Get your Bible open, however you can do that, and get in the Word of God. Okay, secondly, we're getting a grip, right? We are going to read it, and secondly, we are going to study it, okay? We are going to study it. So how do you go about studying the Bible? Well, obviously, it takes reading the Bible to study the Bible, so that's very important. Let me give you four questions that were given to me a lot of years ago and how to approach studying the Word of God. You can come up with a lot longer list than this, and a lot of times I use more than this, but these are four basic questions that I've kind of morphed into my own over the years that it just kind of helped me approach it and just constantly are at the front of my mind, okay? First, who is speaking? It's very important to know when you're reading anything, especially the Word of God, who is speaking. Now, if you've got a printed copy of God's Word and you've got the Letters are the words of Jesus in red. That's really helpful. I don't know about you, but when I read the Bible and I see red words, I just kind of lean in a little bit more. I kind of kind of straighten up just a little bit more. Like, ooh, Jesus is talking, right? Well, it's important to know that it's Jesus talking. But there are other places in Scripture where other people are being recorded as to what they said in the story. There's a couple of places, a few places in Scripture where the words of Satan are being recorded. And let me just go ahead and tell you something. If Satan is speaking, Satan is lying, all right? So when you're reading that, you need to know, okay, this is Satan talking right here. I can't trust anything that he says. Okay, he's a liar. He's a liar. There are other times in Scripture where other people are going to be speaking, and you know who they are. You also need to know, secondly, second question, who are they speaking to? Who are they speaking to? Important to know who's speaking and who they're speaking to. It's very important. Next, what is being said? Like, what's the big idea of all this? What, what, what are they getting across right now? What is the message that's being talked about right here? And then fourth, what example do I need to follow? What's the principle? What's the truth? What's the takeaway from me? God, what are, what are you saying through this for me? There are a bunch of instances in Scripture where people are recorded doing very stupid things in Scripture. Now, I don't know about you, but that encourages me because I do stupid things too. But as you read people doing stupid things, and the reason why people do stupid things is because that's just what people do a lot of times. You read that, and the example for you there is like, I don't need to follow that. 
That guy right there blew it completely. I don't want to do that too. Like, nope, not doing it. And so you push that aside. So you've got to study it. Third, write it. Write it. And by that, I don't mean write your own Bible. <laughs> I mean take the Word of God and copy it down. Okay, write the Word of God down. Write some scriptures down. Get a journal. Write the scripture. Let it get down on paper so it can get closer to your soul. Write it on paper. Uh, maybe a challenge for you, but get yourself a... a, a um, um, some post-it notes, a pad of post-it notes, and just go through the whole thing of post-it notes. Maybe do one a day and just stick them. I don't know how you want to do that. Whether you want to like just put one on the dashboard of your vehicle for the ride every day, or whether you want to like put them all over your wall in your office and somebody walk in and think you're some kind of sociopath or something. And then you get to have a cool conversation, right? I don't know how you want to do it. But maybe just go for it. Just take that challenge and just copy a scripture down a day on a sticky note and just stick it somewhere and get it in you. Write the scripture. Before we go on to the next one, help me out just a little bit, okay? A little participation here, okay? Help me out. Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boots and ruined your black type here. The last one to know, the last one, uh, was the last one you thought you'd see there. I saw the surprise and the fear in your eyes when I took his glass off. Wait a minute, it's church. That's a little too far. Some of you are really uneasy in this moment. Whoa, 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 whoa. And we didn't even get to the chorus, did we? But you know it. Which brings us to our next thing you need to get a grip. Memorize it. What did you just prove to me? That you can memorize stuff. Well, I'm terrible at memory. I'm just terrible. You just quoted a song to me from 20-something years ago, right? Some of you weren't even born when it came out, and you know it. You can memorize. It, it takes effort, and if you really love it and you want to, you can get it. Here's the deal about Scripture memory. It gets it in your mind, which ultimately gets it in your heart, and it is so important. Look at Psalm 119.11. Okay, Psalm 119.11. I have hidden your word in my heart. That I might not, what? Sin against you. Some of you right now are in a battle and in a war with sin and you are losing and you have this incredible gift called the Word of God that you need to get in your mind and in your heart so that you can withstand sin. You're like, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. And you're not accessing and putting yourself in the Word of God and getting the Word inside of you. Again, Psalm 119 says, I've hit it in my heart. I've put it in my mind. I've written it, not just on paper, but in my heart, that I might not sin against you. I'm thinking if we sin less, we start looking like Jesus more, right? If we sin less, we start looking like Jesus more. So we need to memorize it. We need to memorize it. So uh, let me see if I can remember these. We need to, well, let me go this way. Read it. Study it. What, what's the other one? Write it. Memorize it. We're getting a grip, right? And then live it. Okay? Live it. What does it look like to live the Scripture? What does it look like to live it? Well, if you're getting it in you because you're reading it, because you're memorizing it, because you're studying it, because you're understanding it and you're applying it, you start doing it with your life. It's this idea that this is what Jesus wants me to do next. And so I'm going to do that. Okay, I'm continuing to read it and trying to live it, so Jesus wants me to do this, so I'm going to do this. And we begin walking, just doing the next thing in front of us, just doing the, taking the next step 
that's in front of us. What is Jesus wanting us to do? Okay, I'm going to do that. What is Jesus wanting us to do? Okay, I'm going to do that. I was in like 10th grade. I don't know. Uh, I pretty much enjoyed school, but there were certain portions of it that I just didn't like so much. One of them, at whatever grade, I was in geometry. And um, there was stuff in geometry that I still don't understand to this day. Um, I never really used it in my life like they told me I was going to. But anyway... I was, I was early on in geometry, and I just hit a wall, right? I, just, I hit a wall, which was unlike anything for me because normally I could just plow through it and figure it out and do it. But geometry, I just wasn't getting it. I was frustrated. I was like, man, i got to get this done Like graduate high school one day. And I really hit a point where I was like, I cannot do this. And that was rare for me. My parents noticed it about me, so we went and sat down with my counselor, which was weird for my parents to take me to my counselor. Normally that was just kind of the beginning of the year, figure things out, and we're good. And I'm just in there, and I'm like, I can't do this. And I'll never forget, my counselor gave me the best, best advice ever. He said, just do today what you got to do today. And do the next day what you got to do the next day. See, I was looking at the whole year and all this stuff that you got to <laughs> memorize and figure out and do. And I just, I couldn't do it. But he said, you just got to take today, and you got to take tomorrow, and you got to take the next day following Jesus. Listen, just do what's in front of you. What he tells you to do today that's right, do it, okay? When he tells you to go, go. When he tells you to move, move. It's getting in rhythm with Jesus and getting a grip on the Word of God is a huge, huge step in your becoming more like him. Look at 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 6 again. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 6. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as who? As Jesus did. So if I'm like, I know him, I know that I know him, well, my life is going to start looking like him. So a question for you. Will you get in the word of God to get a word from God? Okay, will you get in the word of God to get a word from God? I want to remind you that he is so for you. He wants to speak to you because he wants to help you to get from where you are to where you need to be. He wants to help you experience the life that he intended for you. And he's speaking to you through his word. Are you listening? Will you get in the word to get a word from God? He wants to help you. Some of you are going through a season right now and man, you need hope. Oh, you need hope. You need help. Some of you are making decisions right now and you don't know what is left and what is right, much less should I go left or right. And you need him to speak to you. Again, he wants to help you. He wants to rescue you. He wants to restore you. He wants what is best for you. So a couple things as we think about getting in the word. I just want to encourage you to have your Bibles open, okay? To have your Bibles open. Okay, they got to be open. And just as importantly, can I encourage you? to have your heart open when your Bible is open, okay? Bible open, open heart, let's see what Jesus can do. Again, maybe this morning you've never even met Jesus before, much less know him. We want to invite you to meet Jesus this morning. He is our Lord and our Savior. He died for our sins and he came back to life for us and we want you to know that it's true for you too and we want you to believe in that and experience that and let him change your life forever. Maybe you have met Jesus, but you don't know Jesus. And what you've got to do is you've got to tar start taking steps to get in rhythm, like opening your Bible and opening your heart so that you can get a word from God. Oh, church, that our hearts will be open and our Bibles will be open so that Jesus can have rule and reign in our lives. Let's pray.
Father, I bow before you this morning. I thank you so much for being really good to us. So good to us that you reveal yourself to us through your word. That we can know that when we read scripture, we are hearing from you, God. Help us to get in the word so that we can get a word from you. So that we can experience the hope, the direction, the help, the healing, the restoration that we are desperate for in our lives. I pray that we would not disregard this beautiful gift. But we would find ourselves wanting more than ever to be in rhythm with Jesus. So much that we get into a rhythm of getting into the word of God. So that we can experience your presence and your power and your clarity over our lives. I pray for anyone that needs to meet Jesus this morning. I pray that they would come to Jesus and meet him by faith. And I pray for those of us that have met you, that we will know you and look like you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.